let's say that 10 or 15 percent of the world's population was invested into bitcoin now that just 10 to 15 percent right not 25 percent not 50 percent just 10 percent if we're at two percent right now we multiply the price right now by five that would be at least two hundred fifty thousand dollars per bitcoin Ooh. right now the price is about fifty six thousand dollars multiply that by five or or, or seven if you want to get to 15 percent and you know we, we have a, a very high valuation for bitcoin i think it could go much higher Hey, what's going on? It's your host, Tolu Oyemi, doing the most. Let's get to it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at tolu.owoyemi. Now, back to the episode. Hey, what's going on, my masterminders? Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We got Samuel Johnson in the house, Bitcoin expert, NFT, and also investing and he loves the nba this man loves the nba so we're, we're going to talk about a lot of different things but we're going to focus more on the bitcoin and investing side of things samuel welcome to the show hey thank you tolu thanks for having me on here now nah, man um i'm excited because bitcoin investing nft i feel like those are some of the things we know the least about and right even from the conversation we were having you, you said that like less than like two 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 three percent of people have like bitcoin or something of that nature yeah so it, there's not that many people that know about bitcoin a lot of people are still stuck in their old ways of the the regular investing stock markets maybe a little bit of forex but i think there's a status it might be even less than one percent but less than about two to three percent of the entire world's population is invested into bitcoin i think specifically so for example, let's say that 10 or 15% of the world's population was invested into Bitcoin. Now that just 10 to 15%, right? Not 25%, not 50%, just 10%. If we're at 2% right now, we multiply the price right now by five, that would be at least $250,000 per Bitcoin. Ooh. Right now the price is about $56,000 multiply that by five or, or, or seven if you want to get to 15 percent and you know we, we have a, a very high valuation for bitcoin i think it could go much higher personally wow. and it's interesting because i've seen stories and memes and things like that for example the guy that bought a tesla for two bitcoin like uh years and years ago and they showed a picture of this guy with his head like you know like this <laughs> so, so I, I, i'm I'm kind of like, what is Bitcoin? But even before we get to that, kind of tell us about your background and kind of like what got you interested in Bitcoin and things of that nature. So this was late 2019. It was November 2019. And I went to this conference, Black Tech conference called Afrotech. It was in Af Oakland, California. And I had known about Bitcoin before that, maybe a few years, but I didn't understand it. And I thought that it was kind of like a a criminal currency online like the black market and you could like buy drugs with Bitcoin and stuff like that but when i went to that conference there was somebody who was talking about cryptocurrency and he was almost relating it to kind of what we're going to get into later which is nfts and he was kind of relating it to modern slavery where you mm. could own a piece of a person and how good that person does in life you could then profit off of it and wow. that really kind of struck something in my brain where it's like, okay, maybe I should be getting into this crypto thing and the Bitcoin 
just kind of fell in place because Bitcoin is the most popular cryptocurrency. And that's kind of how I got my start. I just started researching it. Coinbase is a well-known crypto platform. And I went to a Coinbase event while I was there and was talking to some employees. And one of the employees, I don't know if he was just saying this because he worked at Coinbase, but he was saying that crypto is undoubtedly the future. And this was late 2019. So, you know, if not a lot of people know, really know about it now, surely not a lot of people knew about it then. I didn't even know about it. And I was skeptical. I said, is this, is this stuff really going to do good? You know, and he was like, it's undoubtedly the future. So that those were his words, an employee from Coinbase. So that's kind of how I got my start. I really started investing March of last year. So it hasn't been super long, but you know, that and this whole last year was a, a good point, you know? And that's really interesting to kind of like be at those conferences, the Afrotech, and then talk to the employees of Coinbase, because I think people have kind of come across Coinbase, but even back then, I think there was so many different coins, Dogecoin, Ethereum, something, something, you know, it's like all these coins and you're like, whoa, whoa, like, yo, what is, I think that kind of um, dissuaded a lot of people from kind of diving deeper into it. But let me ask you a question. So when you started investing it, investing in it last year, did you buy a whole Bitcoin or did you buy shares, parts of it? Kind of like, tell us, tell us your strategy and like, how does like, I think people kind of started catching on to like stock markets and stuff like that. But I think Bitcoin is a whole nother game, but tell, tell us about that. So Bitcoin is definitely a whole nother game as compared to stocks, because a lot of people look at it. It's like, oh, Bitcoin is at 55,000. There's no way I can afford one. And that to me is kind of shocking that people don't know you can buy just a piece of a Bitcoin, right? So one Bitcoin equals 100 million Satoshis. So what a Satoshi is, is the smallest unit of a Bitcoin. So a little bit of history about Bitcoin. Satoshi Nakamoto is supposedly the inventor of Bitcoin. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows where he is. If his name is even Satoshi Nakamoto, is it a group of people? Was it the government? Nobody knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is, but they created Satoshis. They, they named it after one 100 millionth of a Bitcoin. So that's one Satoshi. Now you can buy, let's say you can buy a thousand sats and that would be, you know, maybe $50 or something like that. So you can get into Bitcoin with any amount of money. You can start with $1. So it's very different than stocks. And this is something that I put on my story a while back is that stocks are actually shares of a company. Mm. But coins like these digital tokens are not necessarily shares of a company. They are rewards from the native blockchain, right? So they're native to the blockchain and it's inherently different than an actual stock. So I think that's one of the main differences. Now, when people invest in stocks, you're investing directly into that company, right? You have a share of the company. But when, let's say you bought a thousand Doge, that doesn't necessarily mean you own that much of the Doge blockchain. So it's very, a little bit of a different concept, right? Because if the, the, the blockchain does well, inherently that's going to mean the token does well, but it doesn't have to. And especially when you look at things like Ethereum or yeah. Ether, the native token, you have to pay Ether in order to do a transaction on Ethereum. 
Now, right now, Ether is like $1,700 per coin. Now, when you're doing transactions, those transaction fees are kind of high because each token is $1,700. So you would almost kind of want Ethereum to be as low as possible because now your transaction fees are low as possible. And just because the token isn't a high price doesn't mean that it affects the blockchain's performance at all, right? Even if Ethereum or Ether was $10, right? It's at $1,700. Even if it was $10, the Ethereum blockchain would still run the same way that it does now. It wouldn't be affected at all. So I think that's one of the main differences. And I think that's a pretty in-depth way to describe it. If someone doesn't know about crypto, you know, that's that might be a little in-depth. But I, I would say it is different the fundamentals are relatively the same but right now we're at basically all-time highs right the crypto market hasn't really been at this point right so the the fundamentals aren't really in consideration because you don't know how high bitcoin's gonna run so now it's like there's no resistance above us when you're talking about technical analysis so the technical the technicalities really aren't in play you're just trying to see how far that's going to run and where it's going to settle then you can do your technical analysis trading but right now we're at all-time highs we have no clue where it's going to run up to wow and i think that's one of the things and thank you for that really awesome detailed explanation but i think that's one of the things that kind of interests people about bitcoin so much is the fact that you could probably put in it's almost like hitting the lottery you know because is it going to scale you know enormously over the next couple of weeks but hey at the same time it could also depreciate and value extremely quickly but i think one of the things that's starting to happen is that you know the name is starting to catch legs and grow wings and really you know build momentum and take off and you hear these stories about how 50 cent bought a couple of bitcoins back then or how like this uh earlier this morning or yesterday there was this guy finn hankerman or something like 19 year old millionaire off of bitcoin and he was helping this kid with disabilities he built him like a dr octopus type robotic suit to help him like and it's just interesting because okay let's say i go buy 500 dollars worth of uh bitcoin and tomorrow i wake up and all of a sudden is at like ten thousand dollars or something like that and i could just quickly sell that because it's almost like a game of russian roulette like hey you could hold on to it and then it could drop to like a dollar or hey you could sell it now and then it's like oh I, i got it i got it good but then what if it still rises another 150 percent and you're like dang like i missed out on one of the best opportunities so do you like should is it a good idea for somebody to maybe take spare income that they have right now and put it into bitcoin okay so i'll start off with uh, i'm not a financial advisor right everybody says that nowadays i'm not a financial advisor (laughs) anything i say you should still do your own research So you asked me about my strategy earlier and I'll kind of answer that a little bit. What I'm doing right now is dollar cost averaging. Now these are things you could do in the stock market and everything you just described, like, right, what if I invested $500 and now it's 10,000, should I cash out now or should I hold it? These are all things people have been struggling with in the stock market. Like that stuff is no different than Bitcoin. A lot of people say Bitcoin is pretty volatile 
and I think it's only volatile just because the price is so high, right? Like what stock on the stock market is worth $55,000, right? So when you go down 2%, you're going to drop about three or $4,000, but you only went down about 2%, you know, which is a pretty regular movement for any market. So as far as my strategy right now, dollar cost averaging, meaning, you know, every, every week you put in a hundred dollars or every week you put in $20. So make sure no matter what, whether the market's up or down, you're putting in the same amount of money over time. Cause now you're going to get an average price. And as time goes on, the price increases. Now you're, you're guaranteed to make money because you bought when it was at high. Sometimes, sometimes you bought it at a low. So now your average price is right in the middle. And that's what matters is like, what is your average token price? Now you also mentioned, I think, what was the second part when you said, um, yeah, what was the second part? Yeah. So, you know, in essence, you know, people that are saying to themselves, you know, they, they see the alert, they see the grandiosity they see everything that's happening with it and they're saying to themselves should i invest in it and also the part about okay look if it reaches a certain point should i like oh oh my god the 500 just transformed into 10,000. should i cash out or should i let it keep going because i don't know it potentially just plummet or it could skyrocket so again like that's you know if you were to invest in a stock i feel like you'd be dealing with the same problems right like the fear of missing out you know fomo like should i keep it should i sell it should i hold it i think the thing i was remembering was just that right should you hold it the bitcoin blockchain and and a lot of blockchains they are secured by the network so they're secured by token holders so for example there are some people who live by the logic of HODL, right? Have you heard of HODL, H-O-D-L? So you'll hear like, oh, Bitcoin HODLers, and you'll think it's a typo for hold, Bitcoin holders, but it's actually not. It stands for hold on for dear life. That's what HODL means. So there are people out there that buy Bitcoin and they their mindset is to never sell ever. So the thing, the good thing about Bitcoin is that it's one, it's a store of value and it's a currency. So there are two things that Bitcoin does. So not only is it like digital gold, you can buy some and hold it and it's going to retain your US dollar value, or you can actually use Bitcoin as a currency. So for example, if I wanted to buy a Tesla, I could use like a one Bitcoin or a Bitcoin and a half right now and buy a Tesla. I don't have to cash out and then use my cash. So that's kind of what your question is like, should I sell it? Well depending on what you want to do do you want us dollars that are decreasing in value every single day as they're printing or do you want to hold an asset that's going to retain its value years and years to come and a lot of people are saying well i don't want the us dollars i just want the bitcoin so it it becomes more about you accumulating bitcoin at low prices as opposed to you buying bitcoin low and selling high it's more about buying it low and then trying to buy it even lower again because mm. you know that like you you put value on the bitcoin you don't put that value on the dollar value so that's where a lot of people are going now it's like i want the bitcoin i don't want the us dollar wow it's so interesting how our world is just rapidly changing and 
the rate at which it's changing is 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 really interesting because only small segments of the population kind of catch on. And uh, the the question I had was now with with Bitcoin the value because you know you have a company can release its uh, quarterly earnings or have its report profit and loss and things like that. And people are like, Oh, okay. Mm-mm. And then <laughs> the, 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 the value of that stock can significantly drop or things of that nature. But where does the value of Bitcoin come from? So mainly the value of Bitcoin is in its network. So since Bitcoin has a large network, that's where the value is it's a secure network so that means it's hard to hack you know it's probably possible to hack bitcoin but it's very tough to do and it would be financially bad for someone to even do so right so the the value of bitcoin is in its network now again like i said before a lot of these tokens they could they could be worthless tokens but the blockchain would still work as it normally would so you know that is a good question about like where does the value lie in bitcoin well i think the value lies in its store of value but that value lies in the actual network effect of the bitcoin block okay and i I got two questions to that because i thought part of the value was just a lot of people talking about it like i felt like as more and more people talked about it it became more and more valuable because now it's on people's mind it has their attention news analysts to talking about it all of a sudden grandma in ohio talking about you got you some of that bitcoin you know, so <laughs> right. it's like but you're talking about a network so now i'm like hmm okay what is blockchain so what a blockchain is is a public ledger so for example or yeah a public ledger so for example you put your money in a bank central bank now that central bank has their own ledger where they know like who sent who what how much did you put in you know how much money does each person have but you can't see that ledger like only the bank knows what's going on like it's it's private to the bank because it's centrally held but what a blockchain is is at least bitcoin it's a decentralized ledger so that means everybody who is in the network meaning like if you hold a token you're in the network if you're a miner if you have a node you're part of the network so that means you can go on and see every transaction how much does each wallet have you know you can get an idea of how many tokens each wallet has who they sent it to how much they received so that's mainly what the bitcoin blockchain is it's a decentralized ledger and each block shows you what happened in that period so for bitcoin it it creates a new block every 10 minutes wow so within that 10 minute time period you can see every transaction that happened in that 10 minute period and then the next block is created and then you you know you do the transactions there so it's and you didn't ask this question but as far as mining goes you have a bunch of people using their resources like electricity and power and in order to create the next block the first node that figures out a cryptographic code that's why it's called cryptocurrency you're trying to figure out a cryptographic code in order to solve the next block whoever does that they get the block reward so that's where the mining part comes in if i solve the block i then get paid in bitcoin but again it's random you know it depends on it's just a random sequence right so it you don't know who's gonna solve it 
But then once that first node solves the block, he then broadcasts it to everyone else in the network. And that's how the network gets secured, right? The more people in the network, the more secure, because now you're not dependent on one single point of failure, right? So if one, mm. point, one person drops off the blockchain, it doesn't really matter because there's so many other people keeping it up. So that's why you want to buy and hold because you're actually securing the network. When you buy and hold and you don't sell, you're actually helping to secure the network. Wow. This this stuff is deep. And I think it goes to show it almost makes me think that money as we know it is going to begin to is already evolving. But like Elon Musk, uh, Neuralink and things of that nature, like money is just going to be a thought in the future. Mm -hmm. Like they're just going to access your capabilities and just kind of give you a value. Like you're just going to be able to think about something and have it like it's, it's kind of interesting. Right. And I, it, I, I heard something where like your actual credit score is not really going to be a credit score anymore. Like it's going to be like a health score, like depending on your health and like how much other people like you that's going to be your credit score. I don't know if that's true or not, but I definitely think those types of things are going to be in the future. No, I, I, I believe it. And I remember there was a movie where this guy had like this, uh, band, had like this watch on him or like something and people could give time to other people. Like yeah, all the rich people had like hundreds of thousands of years to them. But I think in the future, maybe like they, they can just scan you and just say that you have XYZ type potential. So like i want this car they just scan you and just be like well yep he has the ability to possess it here you go yeah oh. well, i think that was uh i think the movie time by justin timberlake or with justin timberlake yeah you, you were saying like all the rich people have a bunch of time i mean that's kind of the way it is right so like you get money the rich people they buy back their time right so now it's like they hire employees to do the work for them so that they can go do something else so it is kind of the same concept like rich people they have a lot of time because they use their money to buy back their time mm, wow 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 okay so um and thank you for breaking down mining because i was literally just about to ask about you know like how does that work because i remember in the past people would go out and buy these like super expensive rigs you know like geographic processing chip and geoforts like and they would have like these hookups with like seven machines in it and like in a room yeah. and you know and i guess what they were trying to do was speeding up being able to crack the node first so that they could be the what uh, instead of it being even though it is a random sequence by them having such a powered up rig it gives them that chance to crack it fastest compared to everybody else so what it is i don't think it's necessarily you cracking the code faster because as the bitcoin blockchain ages they actually make it harder to crack so that it actually wow. takes 10 minutes so like for example the way it is now if we had this many nodes than we had in like 2010 we would be able to crack it faster but bitcoin makes it increasingly harder and if you you know a lot of people that don't know about bitcoin read the bitcoin white paper there's a book called the bitcoin standard that goes deep into this stuff but it actually makes it harder to to mine the block as time goes on so that it does take exactly 10 minutes wow now, with you saying like you know the more computing power it's not necessarily again like you mining it faster 
but the more computing power you have a higher chance of being able to mine the block. So there are generally two popular ways, consensus models for blockchains. So Bitcoin is a proof of work. So like the work is I'm using my electricity and power to mine blocks. Now there's also a consensus model called proof of stake, which is like, I'm giving up some of my tokens in order to mine the block. So it's a lot more cost or power efficient for proof of stake. So that is basically what I think Ethereum is. I think that's a proof of stake mechanism, but it's essentially like the more tokens you stake, the higher chance you have of mining that block. Mm. So it's not necessarily a time thing. It's more of like a, a lottery thing. Like how many tickets do you have? Now you have a greater chance of mining that block. So somebody that has an enormous amount of Bitcoins, basically he's at, and he decides to stake uh, a percentage of his, he can move right up that ladder to kind of be first in line. Yeah. And, and I would say most people won't really get into Bitcoin mining because it's, it's a costly process. Like you got to do a lot of upfront investing. And I think even when you do that, if you're not like a huge miner, you then go into like a mining pool which is like a pool of network or nodes and then if that pool gets it then i think it splits the reward up between everybody in that pool so even now it's getting a lot like a lot more competitive right because let's say you you know you got one bitcoin you just made instantly fifty five thousand dollars. you know wow and right now the block reward i think is at 6.25 so each block pays you 6.25 bitcoin that's a couple uh, a couple hundred yeah i think that's like you know 300 at least 3k 300k you know and plus there's validators so validators get paid in transaction fees as well so even when the last bitcoin is mined in like 2140 i believe so like we won't even be here when the last bitcoin is mined hey you never know now With right technology going the way it is you never know All right right even when that happens miners or validators will still get be able to get paid through the bitcoin blockchain so i think it's here to stay it's it's been so well thought out that you know this is really you know almost the perfect scenario for what it does right for the the problems that bitcoin wanted to solve it's almost the perfect scenario for that you know it doesn't do a lot of the things that some of these newer coins are doing with the speed and things like that but or you know or scalability but for what bitcoin does it is almost the perfect solution for what it does and i think one thing too now begins to come to my mind is who programmed it is this a computer language is it like python is it javascript is it like a common is it like a um new developed type uh, computer programming language because for it to be able to be that advanced and kind of like evolve and get harder it makes you kind of question like some of the mechanisms underneath it so for all i know i would assume that satoshi nakamoto programmed it and again like nobody knows who satoshi is now there are ways you can kind of create things on top of the bitcoin blockchain so there's a company they created the lightning node which is basically like a faster bitcoin mm. so what it, it's kind of like a side chain that works in conjunction with bitcoin blockchain 
So you can basically have transactions happening on the lightning node and then it'll kind of roll it up all into one transaction and then put it on the Bitcoin block. So there, there's some, you can create things on top of Bitcoin, but you can't change Bitcoin. You can't actually change it. Now you'll see other tokens like Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV. Those are hard forks. Now what happens in that is like, remember when I was talking about each block has to be verified by everybody else. Sometimes people think that it shouldn't be that way. Like, let's say somebody will say like, oh, that was wrong or I want to change this. Well, you can't change it. But the thing you can do is you can split off to your own blockchain and now it becomes a new blockchain. So that's where like Bitcoin Cash comes in. So Bitcoin Cash was Bitcoin, but it, it was it's a fork of Bitcoin. Bitcoin SV, it's called Bitcoin Satoshi's Vision. So they try to do things like they they perceive the, the white paper differently than most people. So they say, okay, Satoshi wanted Bitcoin to be like this. So we're going to create a new blockchain and make it like this. Wow. And again, like nobody would really know what Satoshi really meant because nobody knows who he is. So, you know, again, you have like other like Ethereum Classic is the original Ethereum. The Ethereum we have now is a fork of Ethereum Classic. Wow. And then also Ethereum's bringing out Ethereum 2.0, which is a modification to Ethereum. So there's a lot, a lot of stuff going in the crypto space. I would say for a beginner, start with Bitcoin, maybe put in 50 bucks, get a wallet, start kind of transacting to your wallet, maybe send it to another wallet. Just get familiar about how things work because there are so many things that are going on in the crypto space that if you were to try to jump in to any random thing, you might get like overwhelmed about like everything that's really going on. And especially NFTs, we haven't even covered that. So like so much stuff going on in the blockchain space. Yeah. And the, the fact that, yeah, this just goes to show the power of humanity, but like they're coming out, like you said, faster coins and evolved coins and, and 2.0s and things of that nature. So how are these coins that they're coming out with like when you're talking about the speed and you're talking about the evolution and the scalability talk to us a little bit about that like i guess they saw some of the limitations from their earlier versions so there's basically a trilemma and i, I hope i can get this right so in blockchain technology there's generally a trilemma where it's like there's three things you can't have you can have two but you can't have three so those things are three things are scalability speed and security so like those are the three things that you try to have in a like a perfect blockchain mm. but it seems like everyone who's tried has only been able to get two so like for for example bitcoin it has the scalability it has the security but it's not that fast right so each block is takes 10 minutes there are some chains that like you get a block every couple seconds so it's Bitcoin's problem is like they couldn't really do the speed of transactions. So that's why they're wow. people added things on like the Lightning Network. That's where like you can kind of get a little faster by confirming things off chain and then rolling them up and sending them back on chain. Mm. So for Ethereum, it's not, I think, so they can, they can scale which what they're trying to do on Ethereum 2.0. But their solution isn't necessarily cheap, right? So the Ethereum fees 
the gas fees are so high so there's always something that you can't necessarily do to have the perfect blockchain so a lot of people are, are trying to find that solution where it's like okay what can we have that's cheap that's scalable that's fast and that's secure i don't think anyone has done like all four yet there's a company called crypto.com who's trying to do something like that so it, you know again if you're new that's a, a new a good on-ramp platform to get onto as well right if you want to buy your first piece of crypto you can go to crypto.com as well so there, there's there's a lot of things that people are trying to figure out in the blockchain space but it's just so hard to do because you know with the speed you might not get the scalability and with the scalability you might not get the security so there's a lot of things that people are trying to figure out right now yeah and it's fascinating like the keyword that you said people trying to figure out because these these guys are pitting ideas into the cloud that are revolutionary really it's it's awesome to to be a part of this and we're literally talking about thoughts you know ideas yeah. um super 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 amazing and uh talking about gas fees is really interesting because uh one of our clients for our agency uh their um, daughter has a pop rock band so as part of like an attempt to try and get press release and uh, public relations to kind of um, talk about what they're doing, they were like, okay, let's create an NFT. So okay. they created, I think it's rarible.com. And then my mm -hmm. business partner was like, man, like even to get the dang thing, like I had to pay gas fees of $80. Like what's, so I was just like, hmm, what's that? So you just mentioned like gas fees being high for, uh, ether so can you talk to us about like the gas fees and like why is that so high so i think what's going on right now is that the cost of ethereum or ether is pretty high so one ether is about seventeen hundred dollars now to my knowledge over time the amount of eth that you had to spend to do your transaction hasn't really increased it's just the price of eth that has increased so although like right now ethereum isn't the most scalable blockchain i think the issue is that the price of eth is too high so now like when you're paying 0.025 eth for a transaction that comes out to like 50 or 100 bucks but you're still paying 0.025 eth so like when eth was 400 dollars, it was doable but now eth is 1700 dollars. so i think that's where the problem is coming in with eth or ethereum like I said, they are bringing out Ethereum 2.0. We don't know exactly how that's going to help it. It's supposed to be able to scale it with sharding. So sharding is kind of like, again, kind of like the Lightning Network where it's creating other side chains that, again, kind of roll up into the main chain. But, you know, we don't exactly know if it's going to help. There's other network chains like Polkadot, Cardano, they're basically doing the same thing as e ethereum but you know their stuff is a little cheaper a little faster so a lot of people are now building on Polkadot and cardano as opposed to ethereum and again you can go to binance smart chain you can build on binance smart chain crypto.com just released their main net so there's so many different platforms for you to build your app on as opposed to ethereum but i think ethereum was the first one to do it 
and again like bitcoin it works so we already know ethereum works yes it's expensive and yes the the transactions may not go as fast but ethereum does work you can build a dap a decentralized app on it and you can have people you know work with the smart contract without anyone kind of in the middle so I, I think the key with ethereum is that we know it works already and there are people actually using ethereum now yeah um you know talking about all of this like it's very scientific you know especially once you start getting into the nitty-gritty of things it's like uh technical you know it's and it's interesting too as well because i think people looking out on the outside would probably not give it that time of the day to really dive deep deep into like what's going on because literally as we're having this conversation i feel as if we're creating some of these concepts right on the yeah, spot yeah. like satori or the polka dots i feel like we're just boom idea okay boom let's attach it to the blockchain and use it as a way to speed up you know the processing of the node and it, I, I, it's really fascinating um now it's interesting because we kind of talked earlier about you know nft and there's this mad dash you know and celebrities are like hey there's a piece of my hair nft boom it's like 1.2 and you know the jack dorsey from twitter sold a, a tweet for like 2.9 million dollars uh it's like what is going on so and i feel as if nft is related to bitcoin as well in a mental plane not necessarily the structure of how it's built but i think in terms of these ideas kind of deviating from the traditional system of monetary and finance it's kind of like it's kind of interesting really because i almost imagine like these thoughts just kind of rising to the top and then a lot of people kind of being attracted to it and it manifesting very quickly but talk to us about nft and i remember we even said like you know the top shots from you know the nba and you know things of that nature but kind of kind of you know give us a uh, so you know as you had kind of mentioned you know a celebrity can cut off their hair and make it an nft you can create an nft out of anything whether it's a digital item or a physical item so like i was saying before in the future in an ideal place everything in your home every item could possibly be an nft so your television your your coffee table your co your sofa could be an nft right when you buy it from the store it has its own qr code on it and you can like scan it and figure out like where has this couch been you know who's bought it who sold it all that kind of stuff wow so as far as an nft what it is is it's explicit ownership of an item or a token so let's say we both were going to a movie theater and it's like one of those nice new movie theaters with the assigned seats and you, you recline and things like that. So we both have two tickets to the same movie, but both of our tickets are different because we, we have different seats. That's right. So it's like, you know, I could own a Da Vinci painting, a copy of a Da Vinci painting, and you could own one too, but there are two separate paintings, right? You can distinguish the two from each other. So that's what an NFT is. It's a, it's a, an individual token that is tokenized, tokenized in another item, right? So you can tokenize a digital item, tokenize a physical item, but it's an individual token. So that means when you own that NFT, you're the only person on the blockchain in the world that owns that NFT or that item. 
essentially. Wow. So that's kind of like a bare bones explanation of what an NFT is. Uh, celebrities or people are using them to do kind of promotional things. Like let's say you had a guy like Kevin Hart, right? He comes yeah. out with his NFT. If you're an NFT holder, all of his shows, you can go meet him backstage. You can go to like the after party with him if you're an NFT holder. So that's kind of what I think people are going to go and do is like, you know, if you're an NFT holder, you're basically part of the fan club and you can then like scan your phone at the door and you can get into a private event with Kevin Hart, you know, and you get, you can get his comedy tape before anybody else. So I think that's where NFTs are going, right? Like celebrities are going to give perks to their fans who buy into their NFT program. Wow. And, you know, I think there's been, yeah, uh, people sold their digital art for about $62.5 million or something of that nature. And you're hearing people like Logan Paul, John Paul, and the Pauls of the world. Um, NFT is also predicated on how much we as the public or maybe an individual that has a lot of money, but how much we value whatever is that digital item or physical item that has been tokenized. Yeah, and I think, again, this goes kind of to like Bitcoin too. like one Bitcoin is kind of valued by the community and the network. So like I was saying, we have people on NBA Top Shot selling moments that like aren't necessarily great moments, but they're trying to sell them for like $80,000. And it's like, if you're a true fan, you probably wouldn't pay that much for a moment like that. Like it would have to be something spectacular. But when it's just like a little alley-oop and you're trying to like sell it for a hundred thousand dollars that doesn't really make sense again when you're an nft holder you own the you own it so no one can tell you how much to price it for because that's your decision but here's one thing too that's crazy because it's like i can just go to youtube and watch that highlight right but again like you have ownership of it right you like you can say i own this and that's really (laughs) i guess what it's about you know like you can say i own this token or this moment and and again like there there could be thousands of those moments so let's say like a james harden moment he's number 13 the 13 token is worth more than like the 14 token would be because his jersey number is 13 so that's certain things like that like certain nfts of the same moment could be worth more than others because it's number 13 or it's number 1000 or it's number one you know yeah it no go ahead so it was one luka Doncic. he's moment he was number 77 or he is number 77 i was looking at the list the 77th edition of that moment was selling for 77,777 so it's little things like that that people get creative Mm -hmm. and again you can do whatever you want to do but it is little things like that where it's like you know this one's worth more because of what edition it is. Hmm. And that, that makes sense because it's like, um, maybe Kobe Bryant, right? You know, he had uh, different numbers throughout, you know, middle school, high school, you know, as he got older. But the NFT that's maybe, you know, number 24, with all of a sudden this massive amount because there's that... Um, association you know it's like the human speculation emotion intelligence kind of like playing a big part of that 
Yeah. No, it's it's interesting uh, because I also think about, you know, how, like, I can just list it for what, like, hey, I can just pick like a red button because I remember back in the days when the Apple App Store first started, there was a guy that built an app that just has like one big red button that you can can Mm -hmm. push on it and he sold it for like the highest price on the Apple Store, which was like $999.99. And people were buying it till Apple like pulled it off and was like, hey, look, like this doesn't actually do anything, like just <laughs> taking people's money. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I, I feel like with NFTs, like because hey, you know, let's let me go, you know, there's a um th- there's a sucker born every you know minute, and somebody could just be like, Yeah, I just want people just throwing money at things that because it's like okay let's say uh i take some pictures of my feet or whatever and i put it up as an nft and now somebody buys it for like five thousand dollars so it's almost like i hit a steal like i hit a lick you know quote unquote or it, it's it's really fascinating because it's like free money i mean i think it'll get to a point whereby it becomes really competitive and things will eventually what do they call it in the stock market when things kind of like the, there's a lot of speculation but then it like kind of averages out kind of like, um, you know, maybe so. like a bubble or something like that so it's like the bubble finally pops and then it kind of yeah. settles down into what the actual price is yeah. so i i kind of think that nfts are sort of in a bubble right now now some nfts are would be undeniable right like something that everybody wants I think stuff like that would be an undeniable, undeniably valuable thing. Like, for example, I don't know, like if LeBron James, let's say the Lakers won the championship and LeBron had a headband and he took it off and he made it an NFT, that would be valuable, right? That wouldn't be a thing that was would be a bubble thing. I think people really would buy that. But I do think that there's a lot of hype and a lot of people see like, oh, I made $80,000 from selling this NFT. But regardless of that, like anything you do, you got to put the work in. Like it's it's never going to be as easy as buying something for five bucks and then instantly flipping it for 80K. You know, you're going to have to put the work in. If you try to get into the NFT flipping game, you're probably going to lose some money up front. You know, just like anything, nothing's going to be easy. But a lot of people say like, oh, this person's going to get rich or got rich from NFTs. But that person was like already doing the work. So I feel like a lot of musicians and artists are really hype about this NFT stuff. But like, if you were gonna make money, you probably would have already made money before the NFTs. Like the NFT doesn't give you value, your work and your art gives you value. So beautiful. To get, you need to become a better artist. You don't need to put out an NFT, you need to improve your art. And I think that's what people aren't really understanding and say, they think the NFT is gonna make them money, but it's them and their value that's going to make them yeah and i think what's happening is like at the period of the introduction right now a lot of people don't understand all all that so they're going to be buying the stuff from the guy that just maybe went on there to just go ahead and you know throw something up and people like whoa that's got five thousand for that but as time goes on and, and people kind of start figuring out like okay who is the person behind this like why does it matter like because at the end of the day, you could buy something for $500 and then 
three years down the line is $75,000, you know, when you put it back up, like maybe Mike Tyson's uh, boxing gloves. And another thing I wanted to ask was that, do you take like a physical item and maybe put it in like a plaque and then you um, tokenize it? Because I've seen two things. I've seen one where these guys, he like opened up a box. I don't know if it was fake or real, if you've seen this, but it was like this uh, see-through plaque and then it had like a digital screen and he was like yo you want to know what uh nft i got and then he just pushed a button and it was kind of like this scrolling uh monitor it was like a monitor kind of like showing like number 352 and it was like had like text on it it was almost like a tv screen within like a, a sealed container that was steep so you could see it i think i might have seen something like that but i don't exactly know but i think a lot of things might just be labeled with like a QR code so that you can scan it and know exactly what it is. I think there's like practical uses for that, especially like in the general blockchain space, you know, you have an inventory of items. Well, why don't we just put that inventory on the blockchain and we can scan these items and, and do this decentral, you know, in a decentralized way. I mean, I think, let me just plug my charger in. Um, but I think, you know, everything that is being done in the blockchain space is just like maybe a high level digitization of things that are already happening mm -hmm. you know there's not a whole lot of new stuff so even like DeFi, decentralized finance that stuff has already been happening you're just putting you know traditional financial instruments in a decentralized manner you know like now i don't have to go through the bank to get a loan now i can just use my bitcoin and get a loan based off of that. I don't need to use my credit score. I can just use the, the coins that I already have and get a loan backed by those coins. Wow. It's like creating this outside world free from the constraints of, you know, traditional banking and finances and the system, the world systems. Yeah. And it's just, you know, nothing is really new. We're just digitizing it and making it available for everybody to see, which is something that people want because when you're dealing with like a central bank you don't know what they're doing you don't know like what they're manipulating how much they're using your money to make money right like you put in a hundred dollars they're using 90 of it to invest in the markets or invest in their in their insurance policies so right. you know now we're able to see where that money's going who's sending it to who who's spending it you know now we can all see it I also think blockchain technology is going to make its way into the, you know, the democratic system in the U.S. where we're going to be able to vote for presidents on the blockchain mm. so that everybody can see how many exactly votes did he get, right? Because this last election, we had a lot of voter fraud or suspected voter fraud. That's right. Now with, with blockchain technology, you'll be able to know okay this person got x amount of votes because we're we're seeing it on the blockchain and it can't be edited you can't go back and edit it you can't change it so wow i think that's where we're gonna see moving forward too nah man this this has been super interesting and it goes to show does how much human potential we have in the future like i don't even think we've scratched the surface as what as to what we human beings can achieve and how the future like I, I tell my dad this all the time like hey look like we might live to see we might not live to see but eventually 
there's going to be no death like there's going to be no such thing as death there's there's going to be either you know like think about all the cloning and regeneration and uh genome uh sequencing and splicing and all kinds of you know yeah. discoveries like eventually this gets to a point like oh you're 50 all right let's change you back to 20 you know like it's, uh, you know and thinking about that in you know relation to nft and to bitcoin you know because like hey if you, if you live forever what's really the value of something you know um because value also has to be associated with time so you know maybe that's going to eventually become i think to our earlier conversation because i feel almost like i'm floating into the twilight zone like hey this is an idea okay <laughs> yeah, i mean you know i think you were saying like thoughts are vibrations and we haven't really scratched the surface of what like human potential is i think human potential is limitless like anything you can think of and we can think of an, an unlimited amount of things there's an unlimited amount of things we can achieve as humans as a society on this planet i think blockchain is a big step in us progressing as far as you know i'll say decentralization and, and having an individual frame of mind right i'm not controlled by the government because i own my own currency mm. you know, I, I don't own a government-backed currency i own my own money right so you know i, I think that's a big step in people really beginning to come into their own as individuals and not necessarily depend on governments for certain things so i think that's going to be a big step and again like if bitcoin is very valuable in the future that will force better products to come out right because if you put out a shitty product and i don't sorry about that but if you put out a bad product no one's going to want to spend their bitcoin on a bad product so it's going to force companies to make quality. good products right so our quality is going to go up you know you, wow. you were able to see a lot of structures built way back when when the currency was a little more stable people were able to build great cathedrals and great like structures because those things were backed by a sound currency so you know I, I just think you know when you're putting sound currency towards something it makes that product better because the money that is building it is like a more sound way you know more sound currency wow nah man and it's interesting because uh you know i also wanted to shout out you you have a couple of uh links i see something like b free uh, crypto mining and p uh is it pi network as well yeah pi pi network so there's and if anybody wants links and information i can do that as well um but there's uh like pi network and b network they they claim that they're mining sites now again it doesn't cost you anything i think you do have to sign up with your email address and stuff but what they do they say they're mining apps and you go on like every 24 hours you click a button and now you're mining i don't think you're necessarily mining with those apps but what it is is they pre-mint tokens and depending on how much you mine they'll give you those tokens so i have you know maybe like a thousand in total like a thousand tokens in total on those two apps but you know I, I obviously they're not worth anything right now because i don't think either of them are even like kind of listed on the main exchanges and, and info resource websites like coin market cap 
so it's just something that i do and you know if you want to download it you can and you can earn pie basically for free and if it does happen to be worth something soon because they're bringing out the pie wallet pretty soon then you you could basically be on a small little come up for free you know <laughs> you can invite people so like the more you invite people when they mine then you get more so it's kind of like a, a multi-level thing but not really you know got you got you now that's that's thank you man and you know as we we kind of wrap up the the podcast and you know it's it's fascinating man i i feel like somebody opened the door to a narnia or like alice and wonder like somewhere that i've never ever seen before and i'm like yo what kind of creature is that like i'm like oh snap like yo <laughs> yeah um and i i love the fact that you know you seem to like enjoy and i think your engineering background kind of gives you mm -hmm. that parlay into being able to understand the more granular you know um, nuances of it too as well so yeah, yeah I'm like i said I, if you want to get into crypto i would start with bitcoin and i would kind of stay there for a while because you do kind of have to be like a junkie for this kind of stuff and i love it i love all crypto again i'm mainly going towards the bitcoin route as far as investing because i'm trying to slow down as far as just like throwing money at new tokens but like I, I love to research new tokens what they do what their plan is reading the white papers seeing their vision plan you know what does this coin want to do in the future mm -hmm. and i just think you know this space is limitless we didn't even really get into kind of like private blockchains for like businesses you know each business can probably utilize blockchain somewhere in their business wow but it doesn't have to be a public blockchain you can make a private blockchain just for your company and only people that are in your organization can view it. There's also DAOs, DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization. So it's like you can own certain tokens and you have certain voting rights for that organization. And then you can make a proposal if enough people accept the proposal, like over 50%, then it'll make a change to the code of that organization. So you can vote and make changes to your organization by being a token holder so mm. that's what a DAO is wow so there's so much like you know and even like the wording of the proposal could possibly change the code automatically so that the programmers don't even have to go back in and change so wow. it's so so much going on in the space and i would say if you really want to get into it start with a, a site like coinbase they got a lot of educational resources coin market cap search the web go on cash app everybody's got cash app buy 25 bucks worth of bitcoin create a wallet send it to your wallet now oh. you're, you're older and so, you know what I, I do see that bitcoin like kind of logo on cash app but i always like pass it over so but now yeah. i'm definitely going to uh take a crack at that and i remember like two three years ago this having coinbase just because it was a word that was like floating around i just downloaded it but never really did anything with it um nah thank you thank you for this man and is there anything you kind of want to let you know the public know or, uh, how to reach you or you know people are interested in learning more? yeah as you can see 
on here at samjohn5 that's my instagram twitter i don't use twitter too much but connect with me on instagram if you want more info more videos i try to do a little bit of motivation and inspiration i also have a couple of well a brand where i talk about the nba i got a blog youtube channel so that's in my description on sam john five as well so if anybody wants to reach me shoot me a dm i'm not too busy so i'll definitely respond follow me i'll follow back and that's really you know what i'm doing you know i love crypto love talking about the nba and that's where i'm kind of headed yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you again in, in the future, man, because I feel like things are just going to evolve and, you know, Cloudcoin and, you know, like Neuralinking blockchain of AI artificial is like, it's, there's so many different, I almost feel like blockchain is a physical manifestation of synapses in our brain, you know, neurons and stuff that are firing because all these cells can when they experience a new thing there's more cells that are created and nerve yeah. dandelions and so it's, it's awesome man thank you again yeah i never really thought about it like that so i you know definitely as more information goes on you get more secure and that's basically what the blockchain is right like the more information on a certain block the more secure that block is yeah interesting <laughs> Okay, now, take care. Right. My masterminders, if you're looking for Bitcoin advice, you're looking for blockchain, you're looking for ways to learn about cryptocurrency, again, you know, I'm going to drop all the links. This is going on YouTube. It's live streaming on YouTube right now. But, man, th this is crazy, man. I, I feel like uh, the guys in the Jurassic Park movie. And, and you're our guy. <laughs> you're, you're the guy who's been like, hey, you know, the, the dinosaurs are over there. Y'all, Y'all watch out now. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of info out here make sure you do your own research don't go based off of anything that i've said especially the financial advice you know but there's just so much out there get into one thing in the space like focus on bitcoin focus on ethereum something like that and then expand from there but don't try to take it all in at once you know definitely all right masterminders until next time samuel johnson thank you thank you for having me on mm -hmm. no problem Hey, I appreciate you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast. Again, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. And blow up my inbox, man. I need to hear your suggestions, feedback, people I need to interview next, topics I need to cover. Again, I appreciate all y'all. And while you're at it, you might as well go to Apple and drop that review. Let's get it. Rah.